Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson. And today, I have my special guest co-host back and ready to go, Oog Levedier, a.k.a. Oogie. Hi, Oogie. How are you doing? Hi, Alexandra. How are you? I'm great. This was a huge weekend for sports, Oogie. Amazing weekend. I mean, we touched almost every sport we love, so we're just going to you know, touch a little bit of everything tonight is going to be just unbelievable yeah i'm very excited we have the miami open the semis and finals to talk about we have final four basketball into the finals for the women the men are monday we have baseball opening season we had the world ice skating championships and you cannot forget Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir are my favorite analysts to listen to. So we had that going on as well. And it was just a lot of great stuff to end March going into April. Can you believe it's April 2nd? Oh, I cannot wait for it because you know what? Snow is going to start melting back home, which is like a big thing for us. Finally, we're going to get outside, start to, you know, jog around, play some tennis and golf. We can't wait for that. Plus, you had some extra tennis legends today playing pickleball. Can you believe that? Oh, we can't forget that ESPN had the pickleball slam presented by the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood, Florida, of all places. And who was playing there? But Andy Roddick. John McEnroe, Michael Chang, and who else? And Andre Agassi over there, probably, right? Exactly. Yeah, you can't forget Andre Agassi, right? And a special appearance by Stephanie Graf. There we have it. I wish I was there. Pickleball is trying to overtake tennis. This was the way to do it this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, some people are transferring over there. Well, I have to say, I did watch... I got up early, I watched a little bit, I taped the rest, and then I watched on my break while I was on the court court coaching, and it was very entertaining. I I can't say that I'd want to be a pickleball player, but I feel like how they brought everybody together and learning the rules, and it was quite hilarious listening to Chris Fowler and Patrick McEnroe try to analyze pickleball. That was a highlight. It was was a fun hour. It's got to be entertaining because, you know, it's quick. The points are going fast. Uh, the game is fast as well. So, you know, it's got to be a small court. So, yeah, it's got to be entertaining. Yeah, small there. court, uh, loud noise with that uh, ball. It's plastic ball. And I have to say, it's hard to call it a sport, but all four of those guys were huffing and puffing and sweating. So oh, it, is, sure. it is a cardio workout. If you if you watch on YouTube some of the you know the the professional matches because there's actually professional tournaments in pickleball now. I mean those guys are just running all over a place. They're sliding on courts just like in tennis, except yes. that smaller courts that have to recuperate very fast, get back to the middle of the court, coming to the net. They're smashing. I I wish I wish I would have seen Roddick hit a smash that he break the ball or the racket. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been what fun. There? He didn't break the ball or the racket, but McEnroe did get caught going into the kitchen. Apparently, when you close the net, there's a kitchen space. I learned oh, is this he hungry today. Or what's going on with the well, kitchen? Well, I know. I don't know why they call it the kitchen, Oogie, but I did watch it. And you can't pass your foot over the line That's unless right. the ball bounces. Yeah. 
That's it. If the and ball Mac passes, then you're allowed getting, to close the net. Yeah, he oh. kept getting caught for it, so he was like going nuts. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been all over the place with the umpire, but uh, did he break a racket or throw a towel or? He Chuck just he up. just yelled at the umpire and he's like, it doesn't matter what sport I'm in. The umpires are all the same. So I thought sure, that was again. pretty funny. He's doing the victim again there. Yeah. So you can't blame it on. You can't say like chalk flew up because there's no chalk. It just painted no the lane. chalk. And it but, was a really yeah. low playing court. You have to get down low. Sam Query came out. Remember Sam yeah. Query? He was a oh, great yeah. American player. He is now a professional pickleball player playing for a dc pickleball professional league there's got to be yeah those guys have great hands so i i for sure there's going to be uh there was another american guy which was younger which actually made made the the transfer he wanted to be a professional pickleball player because there's actually you know pretty amount of money to, to yeah to i, I heard there's league, money so. i still feel like you you got to go with tennis. <laughs> I'm still a fan of tennis. I <laughs> was entertained bigger. today, but you know yeah. what? That commissioner of pickleball said he wants to overtake tennis, and what he did today, or what the pickleball league did today, I don't know who put up the money. They definitely got people talking about it if you watched it before the Miami Open or before basketball started. They put it on at the, the right time, Sunday, April 2nd, yeah. that big weekend. And I think they got a lot of eyes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see because I have many friends in Europe. And let me tell you something. In Europe, pickleball does not exist. Yeah, it, it is not a thing. Padel. It's only... Padel, yeah, right? Padel. Padel is really strong over there. So they have this crossover between, you know, between tennis and racquetball. So that's Padel. Uh, very a lot of courts over in Switzerland, Europe, all over the place. So pickleball is not going to grow in Europe for sure. They're actually are against it. They're like, this is a North American sport. We're not going into that way. So it's going to be Canada and US for pickleball. So a lot of uh, yeah. You know, let's of, let's see what we'll happens. See. Yeah, well, we we'll got to talk about Miami Open. You know, we had our picks. Our picks yep. didn't make it through. Andrescu got injured. I hope she recovers fast. Sabalenka yeah, went something. down. Yeah, she tweeted something yesterday. Bianca said she had a couple of two ligaments torn in her uh, left ankle. So that's that's terrible. But at the same time, it's sort of a good news because when the way she screamed when she got down on the court, oh, everybody that... just went like, I had shivers. I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I had retro memories of Zverev. In Roland Garros last yeah, year. Yeah, that was and, awful. You know, how long that was. Mm -hmm. And we actually saw his foot going under. I mean, that was terrible to see. And Bianca, whenever I wrote, I scrolled it down on TV, I did not see that. So I, at first I'm like, okay, what happened there? Because her ankle didn't roll over really. And of course it did, but it didn't, it was not apparent. And so I'm like, okay, it's not fractured. But same time, she was crying like so much that it was like the worst pain she ever felt in her, in her entire career. That's what she said afterwards. And yeah, she's going to be out probably like three weeks. Uh, she'll be able to recuperate and come yeah, back. She'll so be that's in, good news. And in tennis, we have very good physios. So she'll be yeah. doing active physical therapy and she'll be back out ready for the clay in no time. Right. Uh, but we, our picks, if, you're right. We didn't we didn't come through with our picks. But, but I have to I say, Chris, you had Alcaraz and Chris Eubanks. Hey, he made a statement. Quarterfinals. Right. You had a great pick for the men's. Yeah, and he went down to the champion, Medvedev. Exactly. So... There you have it. You have you have found a, a new jewel uh, for the upcoming season, well, especially on hard courts. I think it could be to watch. Yeah, he'd be fun to watch. And we have to talk a little bit about the Sinner Alcarez semifinal, Ugi. What are yep. your thoughts on that one? 
that was just brutal. I mean, the way that that match was going great, and then at the end, Alcaraz just the tank was empty. I mean, we could tell from Indian Wells, all the energy spent there and all the, the heat and humidity finally came through to him and he just had cramps in the third set. So his legs just, you know, we just saw him cramping. So his squats couldn't take some, couldn't take any more running. So he just broke down and center went on, but they had some great rallies. I, we watched, you know, some Instagram uh, points and just all over the place, sliding, slicing forehand, coming back, uh, drop his shots. movement. I mean, I have to say, though, Sinner, talk about Darren Cahill, great tactician. He had such a good game plan this time around. The court was a little faster than Indian Wells. Alcaraz was still running down everything, but Sinner was up breaks in the first set, breaks in the second set, breaks. And I was like, oh, my gosh, come on, Yannick, close it out. Don't give up your break. And Alcaraz just the way he just keeps going and not giving up. Every junior tennis player needs to be watching Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner, but Carlos Alcaraz's chutzpah, using a little Jewish term here since it's going to be Passover on Wednesday, his chutzpah and his going down for everything. It's extraordinary. He had just such grit. I mean, he just couldn't. He just couldn't give up. Even like when he, he was cramping, he yeah, all he was. stopped cramping for a couple of games, and I was like, "Wait, how do you stop cramping? What did he take for him to stop cramping and then cramp again?" Super tablets in between changeovers. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> I mean, usually when you cramp, you cramp. Yeah. Unless he had a, a little cramp, and it was yeah. more leg fatigue. That's and right. He felt it coming on and it hadn't quite got on. But a lot of times with especially male players, when you cramp, yeah. you're done. That's right. I mean, if you see the muscle get real tight like that, like Kozlov a couple of years ago had that and his leg just cramped like that and it, it wouldn't move. He I'm couldn't like, even okay, move. This is done. Up. This yep. is done because once it, it starts to do this, you still feel the cramp. So yes. it's it's really hard to move afterwards. It's like it takes two days to recuperate. Yeah, and, come and here back you have 100%. Carlos running down balls from Yannick Sinner ripping forehands at him. He's <laughs> like Superman. Come on, what's going on there? It was so very impressive. That's why I picked. That's why he picked his physical team because he's got some special vitamins hey, in those models. Right, and, and as we said before, it's really hard to win that sunshine double. We saw it with Alcaraz. We saw it with Rybakina. Yep. I always say Rybakina, right. but the perf- the professional way to say it, Ugi on air, is Rybakina. So Rybakina. I'm going to say Rybakina. Yeah. That's right. We saw it with Rybakina. That. That, how about her tiebreaker against Kvitova in the finals? Big. Wow, so long too. And both had set points and a lot yeah, of uh, It was 16-14 Kvitova. And yeah. Rybakina has been 7-0. and She's now 7-1 and in tiebreaker yeah. this season. It's not mm-hmm. bad, huh? It's and really good. With with the big serve, things. you'd expect her to win a lot of tiebreakers, but she came exactly. up against Kavitova, who has just another big lefty serve. That's right. I mean, she she did have some really nice aces out wide short and some angle at, at the the ad side. So that's that's her, you know, that's her lefty favorite serve. And Rybakina, whenever she's She's relying on her serve. Of course, a big flat serve, a little bit like you mm-hmm. when you were at your prime, you know, a just big, a flat, big serve. flat serve, which that's, you know, the girls are like, oh, they don't know where to cover. So, and Kvitova, I think she's the best striker from the baseline, the cleanest hitter from the baseline cleanest right now. Cleanest hitter. She just, yep. 
forehand and backhand is just so clean. And suddenly she gets some angles cross court. So she's. And she, you she know could, what she, she did really well? She, when Kvitova is on and why she's won so many tournaments is when her backhand is striking through what you just said, clean hitting. She was driving through that backhand and hitting it with a lot of depth and yep. using her legs. And when her backhand is working, you know, she's really dangerous because usually her backhand will go a little bit off and then her forehand goes off. But this time she was really using the depth on her backhand and playing very smart with her forehand. There was one point she recovered uh, from, it was like a 9-8 in the tiebreaker. It was a smart point. I think she, mm -hmm. was, she was down and she had a second serve. She missed her first serve. She had a second serve. And then she got the point where she got a ball in the middle of the court, yep. a short ball. And we all know how hard short balls are, right? Especially if you're 9-8 in the tiebreaker down. She Oof. went straight down the middle. And Rabakana had already picked her side to run. And I thought that was so smart. And just how she hung in that tiebreaker, that's why mm -hmm. she won it, because she chose smart decisions. And Ugi, right. as we all know, in times of pressure, big hitters sometimes don't choose the smartest shot. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know that. We said something <laughs> I know about that, that a couple yes, of times. We worked right? on Afterwards, that. Afterwards, after a match. But you know, sometimes. when you watch yeah. Kavitova, sometimes she can just spray balls and you're like, whoa. And I thought what she did in that final could really set her up for the rest of the year because she really played intelligent tennis. And That's then right. she ran away with the second set. You're right. Whenever she does that, she's she's a threat. And to me, mm -hmm. She could be easily top five consistently in the world. Her ranking should should be there because of that exact quality. That whenever she plays smart, she wins. Yes. Whenever she hits balls, she loses. Yes, and, and sprays balls, them. Yeah, then <laughs> you're gonna go down familiar. the line and yeah, <laughs> I know. But big hitters, yeah, you improve hey, so much. You, you gotta so play. Much, so. You gotta play smart and and hit big and play smart. It's and that's that's the balance. Yeah. That's right, the balance. But you guys, you guys, I include yourself because you guys have so much talent and to, you're able to do, you're able to smack every ball if you want, but it's not smart to do it because sometimes, you know, the girl chips something low and you want to go down the line, but it's not the right choice. You have to spin it yes. cross court, wait for your balls, and then you just whack it cross court in a big target. And yeah, she did that. So I'm happy for her. She did a, a great win and she was really happy. She put something on Instagram afterward, you know, thanking everybody because we all know that whenever, you know, she got attacked in her apartment back in, you know, I don't know what year it was, but so many years ago. And that's got to be scary for somebody that you, she was injured or to her left yeah. hand as well, you and know, she, and yeah, and she's recovered and, you know, she worked through that and now she's mentally tough and it's, she's this, she really played a clean, mentally tough intelligent iq tennis match exactly. if i can use all those adjectives into that well sounds good then we see medvedev right yep We've i mean daniel, medvedev, daniel who, on the on the men's side was can just we call him the hardcore king right now we can i, right I now, feel yes. like right now he's passing djokovic as a hardcore king from his well, last right couple wins right now only right For now sure but you know, Djokovic didn't play the last two. Yeah, times, I know. But, I know. Uh, we we can still put him there. You know what? Because he beat him the last time they played. 
in okay. uh, Dubai. All know? right. Well, and right now, beat Djokovic in two sets. So yeah. there you have it. You know, he's for now. He's and Sinner said something at the uh, the interview after the the tournament, and he said, "Congratulations, Daniel, and your team as well." And but you know, you know, clay season's coming up, so let's see how you do over there. He said <laughs> yeah. something like that. I thought that, I thought was, that was a little dig, right on huh? point because. They all know whoever's on the best surfaces, and they know yes. that Medvedev is a is a hardcore guy. He's not very good on clay courses. Results hasn't haven't been shown, of course, but you know he he, he moved to France early and he he played a lot of clay courses over there. So, so he knows how to play clay. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't like it. Just exactly. like he didn't really love Indian Wells, but he oh. still did pretty well there. <laughs> right? For sure. And yeah, Yannick, I I liked how the net Medvedev went up and was like to center, hey, great job, is really tough turnaround. You know, he yeah. had a day off, but after you play Carlos Alcarez like that with a day off, it's mm -hmm. almost worse because you have second day soreness instead of That's first right. day soreness. And to yeah. come out and recover without the help of steroids is very hard. And as, <laughs> which as are we not know, allowed in tennis. Which are you know. not allowed in tennis, but we know some players over the years have been <laughs> have taken stuff. Okay. I mean, some, over the some years, players some have, players have been banned. Some players have, have been whole, caught. Could have a whole podcast about that because uh, you know we, what? Could. we know a lot of stuff because we could, you know, we could, suddenly players we could are, spill the tea, Oogie. Yeah, I know. You know suddenly what spill the tea are, means, right? Yeah, I do know. Of course you do. You're married to Anique. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spilling any tea, but when we're, whenever we were, in England, playing Wimbledon together, I learned how to make tea and to drink this. So yes. those were you know, so some we are good not spilling about. the tea. But yeah. second day soreness recovery is a very—it's a thing, especially what with the kind of tennis these men play and women. I might say, it's—it's mm -hmm. it's hard to recover even with a day off. It's almost easier to go straight back to back to back to back. You're right because it takes 48 hours to get that soreness out of your body. So mm -hmm. whenever you have a day off, you, you wish you would have played that day because whenever you're sore the next day, it's going to be worse the second day after. Yeah. And then the third day you start to recuperate and feel better. But Yannick uh, in the, in, in, at his interview said that he was a little bit sick this morning when he woke up too. So he, so he had a bug as well. He, he had yep. sickness as well. So he was sore and had a little sickness. But nonetheless, I mean, he, he gave credit to Medvedev. And, and, and that's team, so. something we also have to think about is when you're on the tour playing 30 weeks, 28 weeks, you have to play sick. So right. some of the kids I have like complain if they have a sniffle and I'm like, hey, sometimes you have to play with 102 fever. You got to you got to push through it. And obviously, I'm not going to make anybody play with 102 fever who's a junior tennis player. But professionals right. have played with full on colds, the flu. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen you play with, you know, bad, bad stuff. And in you England. just One you time, catch it. A, You're around a lot of people. One time you woke up and you had like this huge blanket over your body. When I got to your, your room, I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, like, no. no, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm like, not okay. You were talking like Darth Vader. I'm like, oof, that's going to yeah. be a tough day today. And it's tough because you're you're traveling con different countries. You're on planes. Right. You're on trains. You're also in a locker room with a bunch of different players. You're yep. in, in a cafeteria or a restaurant or a player dining room with everybody's team so there's a lot of germs going on and huge just and that back then back then when you know we didn't have covid back then i mean not aware of you how many times did you wash your hands back then why well, I, I, I have a little ocd so i kind of always washed my hands okay. but 
Probably not as much now. I, I wash my hands, hands way more now. Now yeah. it's like, okay, before I eat, I'm going to touch some bread. Uh, okay, yes. Let's just wash then hands. Then you wash, yeah. We're but conscious it's true. about it now. I think so. the world is more conscious of washing their hands now, for sure. For Definitely. Sure. Yeah, it's true. That's a good thing that came out of, you know, Well, it, against, it's, yeah, uh, that is good. One thing about COVID, everybody's washing their hands now, right? <laughs> yeah, plus whenever we get a flu or something like that, we actually cover our faces as well. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm when we sneeze. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a couple of good think, things. Always think out. of the positives, Oogie. Uh, you know, I uh, am. And so do you. So that's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So we, we covered the Miami Open pretty well. We got to move in to be, uh, college basketball. NCAA, Final Four. We had the Final Four women. Then we had the finals of the women today. Mm-hmm. The Final Four yesterday of the men. How about, let's talk a little bit about the women. That was exciting today. LSU versus Iowa. Wow. I, I caught a little bit of it. I did. I taped that too. Came home after I was on the court and caught up on some of the stuff. Can we say some of these girls should be recruited to the WWE? That's, I mean, obviously. And you know what? The, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up uh, in, in a week. You know, you know, he's going to be the the draft, and some of them. Uh, are gonna <laughs> some be of them up. are going to go over to the wrestling tour. These girls are tough, Oogie. I I right. tell some of my junior players, you got to go out and be tough in tennis, right? If they cheat you, tell them stop cheating you, or else right. you're going to take care of it, right? Well, these girls, boy, hands in their face, you know, no. Oh, yeah. Everything like was going talking. on there. Trash I, talking. Were they pulling hair? Were, did they pull any hair? <laughs> I don't even know. They the, all wear the, really long hair and ponytails. They were so elbowing, elbowing whenever they caught the ball. Elbow in the face. Both yeah. teams. It, LSU it was, Iowa was unbelievable game. Yeah. Some records setting 102 for LSU. The the biggest amount of points ever scored to 102 points. So I was, impressive. I thought I was watching the NBA. I mean, so yeah. many points going on. Exactly. So and nice. Women's basketball is on the uprise i mean it's taken 20 years to get Mm -hmm. ncaa women right along with the men just broadcast right still televising it's getting better and it's about time we should have more eyes on women's basketball i i heard you told me you saw billy jean king watching She was Who in the stands, Dirk Dirk Nowitzki. of course it was in dallas but you know he's still yeah that's nice he came to support and LSU, players. boy, they really wanted to sink Caitlin Clark. Oh, that's right. The big story over there was Caitlin Clark. She was just a star of the tournament for Iowa, you know, draining so many threes. Yeah, yeah and she's so quick. Points again. It was very interesting because she really showed up a lot of the other women. That they're just not as fast as her. And I, I mm-hmm. feel like I haven't seen that many college basketball women be that fast with her fast twitch and how she shoots she's like a just like a she just zips right through them that's right she's trying to find one of her teammates hide behind her get a post poof yep shoot that three i mean it was very entertaining see that's why the college women's basketball is going to be on the uprise for the next couple of years because it's actually a great show to watch it's all about that it's entertainment not that it was not uh, great before wait We got to talk a little bit about fashion choices here. Kim Mulkey, the coach. Oh, yeah. Can we say Mardi Gras LSU? Pink. We can. We can. I thought Mardi Gras was was going on after the the game. She was already dressed for it. She She was was dressed for a party, a winning party. 
She was just glowing all over yeah, the place. And she was, was crying at the end. And of course, it's her fourth title a, as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you got to give a look at her credentials. Four titles. She's won as a player. She won a gold medal in the 84 Olympics for basketball. Huge. This woman knows how to play and coach. And I have she's, to say yeah. dress. She's bringing fashion to NCAA women's basketball. That's right. She's she's the watch, of yeah. course. And wherever she did, she won. So that's her that's her credentials right there. And yes. uh, her players were praising her, of course, at the end because she was really hard on one of her players, Morris, uh, one of the yeah, the Alexis shooting, Morris. Shooting. Yeah, she let right. her I have mean, it. Tough love. At the end, oh my gosh, she was really hard on her. And Morris had she was the MVP of the second half of the match. She put that mm -hmm. game away, driving the basket, shooting layups. She was all over the place. And at the end, she did one mistake and. The coach was in her face, yelling, yeah. screaming. Well, because like, they, she knew Caitlin Clark, you know, you had to stop her. They had mm -hmm. to stop Iowa and Caitlin Clark if they wanted to get that championship. That's right. I mean, it's a huge story. And Caitlin's going to be back next year for her senior year. So can't wait. You know, can't wait to watch that. We'll be, it'll be we'll have to watch again. That was fun, Yugi. Okay, so yeah, we got to talk about the men. The men. Yeah. Monday, and I have to say, I thought it was New Orleans. I was incorrect, but I did not say it for sure. I said I wasn't sure. It's in Houston. Texas right. got both the men and the women. That's right. Uh, okay, so San Diego State. I'm mm -hmm. from San Diego. I, wow. tra I trained a little bit at San Diego State. My mom interviewed the football trainer once, and she took me over to the gym to work out there. So I, I know a little bit about their gym area and the football field. They're playing UConn. Who yeah. knew San Diego State was going to make it through? I mean, that was amazing because they had a one-point win. One point and so yes. crushing. One of the commentators was talking the uh, last night, and he said, look, just because you win the championship doesn't mean you're a champion. And well I – I went, oh, and then I rewound it because I'm like, this is good. So I listened to it again, and he said, what Florida Atlantic did, they walk away champions. They got right. to the final four. They put their hearts out there. To lose by one point is crushing, but they're yeah. champions. And when you look at it and you're coaching, right, Ugi, or you're playing, mm -hmm. not everybody gets to be a champion of the highest level of a major tournament or a NCAA championship, but that doesn't right. mean you aren't a champion and you can right. walk like a champion. There's different yep. definitions of champions. And I feel like in our society that gets lost a lot. Cause it's, I mean, it's, that's so important. You're it's all about the winner, cause... right? In our society, but really it's about how you get to where you're get going, how you achieve mm -hmm. your goals and how you carry yourself. And That's Florida it. Atlantic walks away champions. For in my sure, because... in my mind and in in the some of the basketball legends that we're talking about it last night in their mind too. For sure. Uh, they're totally right because it's the path you're taking, the way you're handling yourself, the way you handle the team, the opposition. The way yes. you give yourself 100%, respect the opponent. And that that's always very important because, you know, we saw the, I don't know what kind of disrespect happened today between the women's LSU and Iowa, but at the end, you can see some some LSU player go in your face and talk to the hand and yeah, that showing, wasn't the, very the, champion showing the ring. Like, that was not I mean, champion-like. I mean, it was in Clark's face as well. So I don't know exactly what happened there, but yeah. maybe Clark said something. Well, I know what happened, but... Oogie. I have to say, yeah. and this is not being, I'm not dissing women, mm -hmm. but women's sports 
it's rough. So they're in your face more than the men. The men, yeah. you can go get in your face and then they'll go play cards after. Well, they don't play cards anymore. They'll go play Valorant gaming or, or if they're older, grab a beer, right? Women right. will get in your face, hold a grudge for 55 years. <laughs> That's what that, happened today, Ugi. I agree. I agree to ride. There's no, there's no conversation between those two girls tonight. But no. I thought it was like, whoa, we're gonna, we're winning, and I'm just letting you know that. And that's we important because, yeah, that's not the way to win, right? You want to win. You want to be a champion. Why do you think Roger Federer is so popular, and Rafael Nadal, and now exactly. Carlos Carlos Alcaraz, and Djokovic? Djokovic wasn't popular in the beginning. He still plays a villain sometimes, but he's right. learned how to be the ultimate champion and walk like a gentleman. Mm -hmm. it it's matters to, you're right it does matter because when i saw the lsu girls all over the place having fun celebrating i'm like great that's great for you guys you know because they were number three seed and no one's yep. ever done that and they were not supposed to be there and that's great but at the same time i'm watching the, this image of this girl saying in your face talk to the hand and look yeah, at my that ring. wasn't good i'm like no you don't want to win and do that just yeah, win and, it, and, and as a coach happy. As a coach, yeah. you have to teach your players how to win and how to lose. And sometimes exactly. you don't win the championship, you don't win the tournament, but you can still walk away a champion. That's exactly it. So I like I like the uh, the attitude of the Iowa girl. They just were happy for the other team and they shake hands and the coaches as well. Of course, they were mad because they lost, but you know a team has to win. So yep. if you somebody give has to win, and you don't win. That's it. You just give respect and say good job to the other team. I mean, whoever wins championships, normally they do that. They say stuff like that. And we see Tom Brady for football so many years. And when he, wherever he wins, he's happy about it. Whenever he wins, he acknowledges the other team as yes. well. So there's a way to win and there's a way to lose. And whenever you win or lose, you have to give props to the other team and not hold grudges. You can't hold grudges afterwards in your head to your mom. Say say that. Yeah, you can to make them. a list. Make a list in your journal yeah. for next Write time. Write the agenda, but don't just go out in the world and say it because it makes you look like it takes some some greatness of your win away a little bit. I think exactly. Well said, Ugi. Well, we got to go into our next sport. We got baseball opening That's season. Right. Can you? Oh, yeah. It's spring, right? Amazing. Yeah. Couple okay. games already. Couple days. Couple I know the games. Teams are like one and, and one, two and one, and yeah. you know what? It's been sped up by at least thirty to thirty-five minutes. The reports are coming in, Oogie. This is big news, okay? Baseball made three different rules. Oh, okay, see, so they those sports that are just so aligned and like yes. golf and baseball and they don't want to change anything and suddenly they there's changes finally are wait. changing i can't okay. wait for you to, to name them okay Let's so baseball wants to be america's favorite sport again it's fallen okay. off the wagon because americans north americans i'm including canada in this yeah short attention spans right it's That's all right. about TikTok and how many likes you get and how many swipes you have in like one second or less okay so baseball is trying to get people back involved it's a little so bit long it's not like a four hour game TV, right a little yep. long right okay so they incorporated a pitching clock Ooh. yep nice so, you so know, pitchers are gonna have to what's gonna happen if they're they gonna don't, have to speed like it a, up okay so the, the pitcher is gonna be called or what yeah i'm gonna tell you the pitcher has to pitch within 15 seconds if no one is on the base 
20 okay. seconds if base runners are out there. Okay. If the pitcher misses his time, the hitter is awarded a called ball. Hmm. If the batter isn't in the box at eight second mark, they will get a strike. Ooh. A pitcher also can't keep going off the mound to throw to first base. They only get to do that twice. Okay, so there's only two times where. Okay, okay gotcha. So they're speeding that up. Okay, now the second one. That's a good one, though. I like is, that because is, it's you know, we're still on. Yeah, it's a good one, right? Well, that's why yeah. it's 35 minutes less now. So you can watch baseball maybe for like two hours and 55 minutes instead of <laughs> three hours <laughs> and 45 minutes, right? Yeah. All right, so the second rule, restrictions on defensive shifts. Now, I had to mm. look this up because I didn't know what that meant. So mm -hmm. basically, teams have to keep their infielders in the infield. Okay. They can't shift to outfield for a type of hitter they are defending against. Yeah, okay, I got you. So Somebody's in, like left-hander batter, then suddenly the shortstop would move to center field or something. Yeah. Because so he's in, not going to hit like the opposite field. Okay, I yeah, got you. Yeah, so in tennis terms, maybe that would be if you're playing Medvedev and he's 10 feet behind the baseline, mm -hmm. would you shift five feet inside the baseline? That doesn't well, really correlate. Well, well, let's say if Medvedev, like on his return, instead of standing like 25 feet behind the baseline, you would have to like a maximum 15 feet behind the baseline. Okay, It'll there we something go. Something like that. Something so like that, right? Staying all the way back, you would have to stay a little bit closer to baseline. Even though we don't have teams or maybe doubles, yeah. maybe we could do more in doubles. Like it'd be like two people behind the baseline and then the net people would be, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think yeah. we can really correlate it, yeah. but it's anyway. Tough. It's tough, yeah. Moving to the next rule. That's right. Third one. What is the third one? Bigger bases for the players. So from 15 inches to 18 inches. Okay. So I think that makes it easier to steal the base and reduces the run between first and second and second and third by four and one inches. So I that think, means yeah. fans will get more excitement. Yeah. Plus, I think there's going to be less injuries because sometimes less injuries. both feet can touch the base at the same time or something. So yeah. it's, it's wider than they and do that e in softball. Easier softball on the player, players' bodies, which is very yeah. important. Yeah, that's right. Right? So the pitching clock is similar to our serve clock in tennis. Our right. serve clock, we get 25 seconds, but that's mm -hmm. from the point end to the start of your serve to the finish yeah. of your serve. And you have to like cover more ground than I, the pitcher does. So maybe that's yeah, why the pitcher only gets 15 and 20. I hope so, because you've run so much sometimes. Yeah. Like 25 shot rallies. You're out of breath. You're sweating yeah, it's your hard. face. You want to get your towel in there a little bit. So And, yeah, and we all know watching Nadal, he doesn't love the serve clock. I know. It, sometimes it gets really tough. close. Yeah, yeah and I, I like to take my time on my serve. So I remember mm -hmm. when I was still playing when they introduced the serve clock, I played a couple tournaments with it and I yep. felt very rushed, but then you, you work into it and it gets yeah. better. It's just hard when you want to towel off and you're all sweaty and you're in humidity. Yeah. And they're probably your point. Now they have two towels, one on this side on this side. Otherwise at first there's a towel or just one. So you just thought about having yes. one towel on one side and you finish the point on the other side of the net. I'm and like, you oh got to go trek to get the <laughs> towel. It's really annoying. 
but right. you you make it work, right? And it did shorten yeah. tennis. It it made it like twenty minutes faster. They did research twenty to twenty five minutes faster with the serve clock. Yeah, but they they implemented that because of players that would take so much time. I mean, Ivan yes. Landol back yeah, then, so Rafael Nadal. Exactly. So, yeah, they were abusing. They were 45 and seconds sometimes. So, the yeah. other thing, tennis is entertaining. They haven't really gone there, but in the juniors, they have, at least in America, I have to ask you if they've done it in Canada, and I'm not sure if they've done it in Europe. I'll have to do some research. They're doing fast four sets, which they introduced – in the next generation, mm-hmm. next gen finals, they do on the ATP tour, which they've been doing a couple years, yeah. where they go fast four sets of five. Mm-hmm. And they've really pushed it in the juniors a lot, where they go fast four sets if they have to get through a rain delay or it's, if it's a lower level tournament, you might play yeah. fast four or UTR matches. A lot yeah. of them are fast four sets. Yeah, we so, do have that. Yeah, yeah we have our... that, but we have two out of three, uh, no ad scoring. So all junior tournaments in Canada now are no ad scoring. What wow, about in the U.S.? Is them? it no ad or is uh, it? Um... Some of them. A lot of them are no ad or they're mm-hmm. deuce plus one. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's tricky. And then a lot of the third sets are played 10, set, 10 point tiebreakers. Yeah. yeah, same thing here. So they've really oh. sped it up. Yeah, that's what actually today I was um, at my club. I organized a under-14 tournament in uh, a provincial tournament. So in Canada, you have provinces. In the States, you have states. So you live in the state of California. I live in the province of Quebec. So we have a provincial tournament. So like the state of Quebec and uh, under-14. Like Actually, for guys, Olivier Charret won the tournament. So one of my guys. Oh, congratulations, so my so, Olivier. He's 12 years old. So he's lefty. Wow. Uh, I taught him how to play a lefty, you know, just, you know, uh, rush your forehand really spinny to the back end to cross court. So he's doing that. So he's doing great. So he's a top Canadian player now. So I was, I was happy to, for him to do that. That's and amazing. That's what he did. So he won 6-3, 6-1, but the third set is a 10-point uh, tiebreaker yes. and no ad scoring. So tournament went really fast. I was able to, you know, have the five hours, the semifinals and finals were done. So it's actually good, especially indoors. I mean, we don't have yes, that many courts but, yeah, indoors. Yeah, definitely. So. And junior tennis. Look, they don't have all day to play four-hour matches. And you, we all know in junior tennis, you get moon ballers, and that could actually happen. You're so right. it is good. And it's good for the kids to mentally learn how to manage their court quicker and to exactly. not make dumb mistakes that cost mm-hmm. them. And or when they're nine and ten, they make the mistakes that cost them the tiebreakers, and they lose ten seven or ten six. My ten yep. year old's done that a couple times, and she gets really upset because she keeps losing in the third set tiebreaker. But it's learning; she's learning how to become a better player and how to win That's a right. tiebreaker. Exactly. There's so many more important points whenever you play a a short game like that. So a couple sets and then a 10-point tiebreaker. Anything can happen in that. So you take a lead. Flip of a coin. It's awesome. They get to play important points more often. And that's what we do whenever we play matches during the week. We play an hour match. So we start the set at two all, finish the set, two out of three, 10-point tiebreaker. So it's like 50 minutes, we play a match. Yeah, perfect. And you got to end end tiebreakers. I love to go to set. I used to do two out of three to seven. Because we didn't really have 10 in the juniors growing up. But then right. I start, I added in 10 when I had to do it on the tour a little bit. And so, But yeah, the, so nice. the two out of three to seven, you know, whoever wins that last tiebreaker, Ugi, wins everything. That's right. That's, wins the whole get, day of practice. 
That's right. It gets you to play with pressure. And uh, that's how you get, uh, you know, you get into tournament situation afterwards. And, and you play great because you're used to it to play yep. with you know, pressure, especially with your friends. You don't want to lose to them. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I do have to touch a little bit on we got to add in a little movies. Movies are coming up for April, May and June, the spring premieres. Air had its premiere night. And I'm bringing up because I love fashion. You know this, Oogie. Jennifer oh, yeah. Lopez made, of course, she always makes a mark, right? But she made sure everybody knew it was spring in a neon green dress. And her bodice, meaning the top and the sleeves, were this, this amazing, like, sequin. It wasn't sequin. It was like crystallized Savorsky crystal top bodice oh, wow. with a neon dress that flowed down and of course she had ben affleck on her arm because he's starring in the movie with matt damon viola davis plays michael jordan's mother so the movie air is based on how the guys at nike got michael jordan to wear his famous first oh, yeah. nike shoes white the, and red nike shoe i remember yes those. and the, and the nba was against it they didn't want it they didn't want color and all the guys before michael jordan were they had shoes, but they weren't cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're so just plain white. Yeah, and it's all about how they got it going and how they got Michael Jordan's mother on board and the guy named Howard, I forget his last name, at Nike. He was like a mastermind. Yeah, and that's right. I remember going in when I was at Nike, I went into his office and met him. He was with the Air Jordan group at that time in 2000s. Yeah. And That's right. You were with was, Nike before. Yeah, so, yeah, he was a pretty cool dude. Let me tell you, I, I almost wish I was a basketball player then. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, but, for sure. So everybody check out Air. I haven't seen it yet. I've just read the reviews. It looks good. It's the story about Howard Jordan White how is his name. Yes. Oh, and there you go. Howard White is one of the main characters. And it, it looks like it's going to be a great movie. And one mm -hmm. more we got to discuss. We had this text chain going with the two of us, and we found this amazing show called The Night Agent on Netflix that just That's dropped right. a week ago. And the guy who's starring in it was a former MMA fighter. He's he's really fit. He's cute. Too bad he's it. only 27. I would call him up for a date, Oogie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But That's it. That was it was a great show, huh? Ten episodes. Got the so White nice. House, the FBI. Oh yeah, you got the you got to watch the whole thing, right? You yeah, finished well, it. I finished it, so I, I won't give it away. But everybody that you're listening, not that we have a ton of listeners yet, but if you are listening, check out the Night Agent. It's it's a good ten episode series that will it'll just keep you going, keep you guessing, and it has a good hook. And then good stuff, good yeah. stuff is uh, something that probably exists for real and we're not aware of it yeah so, i bet night there's, agent suddenly there's some you know, night agents another branch the fbi and stuff like that and suddenly you know you get you get gets a call and whoops it gets the night agent going on the agency yep. there and you're and undercover so speaking of the night agent even though we might have some night agents in russia right now who knows we don't we don't know this but tying this kind of into back to tennis wimbledon released the russians and belarusians from not so they've not released them. They are inviting them back to play Wimbledon as neutral a, athletes. So that's big news. 
that's big news and that's great because they can actually probably have their flag beside their name because no 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 no, no they can't have no? their flag they have to play as neutral so Gosh. yeah so across sports they all have to play as neutral wimbledon is keeping that but the fact that they let them in after last year is a big deal and they must have been pressured and there was a lot of controversy i'm sure because yeah, the british as well yeah and the british the lta the british Lawn mm -hmm. Tennis Association and Wimbledon did not let any Russians or Belarusians play any tournaments at all the whole grass season. It was a You're government right. thing as well because they have a lot of Russian oligarchs in London and they were unhappy about it and a lot of little shady stuff going on and they came forward last week with a statement saying that they're allowed to play Wimbledon. That's good stuff because... I mean, sports and the players, I mean, they don't have anything to do with what's going on in Russia and in Ukraine, of course. So I'm glad. I'm glad the players well, are allowed to play. Well, as a tennis fan, because... you should be happy if you like the Russians and Belarusians. I, I feel that, look, if every tournament is allowing them to play, it's very unfair that Wimbledon is keeping them out. You're and. Right. It, it can't just be one grand slam or one season, right? It can't just be the yeah. grass court season. If everybody else in the world is letting them play, then I guess you have to let them play. But I also understand the Ukrainians' point of view. A lot of the players are still upset, as they should mm -hmm. be. Their country is at war. But the higher-ups have made their decision, so they're making it equalized. And you know what? A Russian-born citizen won Wimbledon last year. Her name was Rabakina. She That's might right. say she's from Kazakhstan, but she was born in Russia. Yeah, she's definitely Russian. And she her parents live her there. Changes. So yeah, exactly. it kind of made right. Wimbledon look ridiculous that she won their tournament and they had exactly. banned all Russians. Definitely. So good news there because, uh, you know, sports is yeah, look, hopefully, if hopefully always separate from politics. You know, it's got to stay that way. You would think. I mean, it's, it's important as an athlete to take a stand and have a voice. Exactly. But the political culture of getting involved with banning somebody from a tournament because they're of a certain nationality is a tough road to take when you're yeah. the only one. Exactly. So the good thing is Medvedev, Hatchinoff, Rublev, Sabalenka. I mean, look how many players there are that were banned. So many great <laughs> Azarenka, players. Azarenka. They will right. all be on the grass this season. That's that's great news right there. Yeah, Love good it. news. So yeah. we got to end this podcast. This was a lot of fun, Ugi. I'm going to give you a quote, and it's tying into pickleball today. And it, it was pretty hilarious, I have to say. And he's the best. I love Andre Agassi. So he said this today. He said, pickleball is where tennis players go to die. So I'm officially dying. And then he circled back with it and said, well, I'm going to play this as long as I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a hilarious quote? Wow. From so, Agassi. That's so just that's the quote, that's of, quote of our podcast is from Andre Agassi. That was the best statement ever. I feel like he said it. He was like kind of being truthful, but a little little joke and then he realized like he actually said this on national television so then he related it to himself that's hilarious right there and kinda, you kinda, know as a tennis player like... how many tennis players are dissing pickleball right now a lot yeah so yeah, a lot. 
a you lot sent like me a, a clip actually, where this British guy was dissing it, right? Exactly. Oh, that was hilarious. He was yeah. saying, uh, So I yeah. love that Andre said that. Pickleball is where tennis players go to die. So I'm officially dying. That's hilarious right there. But yeah, I wish I'd see the game. So he'd stretch all over the place. But in, in singles, it's actually pretty physical. Yeah, it is. It is. It's physical. And Doubles hey, tennis is still more physical. Sorry. Yeah, tennis you takes, you run more. But pickleball singles is physical. So we will mm -hmm. give the pickleball people that for the day, Oogie. On That's that right. note, this was Serving Aces with Alexander Stevenson and Oogie. Thank you so much for listening. If you like us, follow us on believe.com at applepodcast.com at Alexander Stevenson at Hughes Levadier. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See? Bye, guys.